0: Hey there, Scary Parish. It's Sunday, March twenty seventh, two thousand twenty two. Welcome back to the CBS Sports I Own College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander's here with me, and if you're watching live on YouTube, please smash the like button. Like your Brandon Davies. There we go. You have consent, and if we get enough likes on this video, and let okay. me just let me just level with you guys. All right, we can make up some number if we want to. We're going to give away the stupid Paramount Plus card no matter what. Don't give it away like that. Okay. So, like, just don't make me, like, try to trick you. If we get to 200 likes, then we're going to give it away no matter what. But it would be awesome if we got as many likes as we could get because it impresses our bosses. So, if you're here, watch it on YouTube. Uh, Smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. And eventually, we're going to give away a $100 gift card to one of you uh, to Paramount Plus, which is your place to stream NCAA tournament games, the NFL, Champions League, PGA Tour, and some of the best films and shows being made right now. Among them, Halo, which is streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. So just shout out um, in the comments, Larnell or Leaky Black or Huck the Dog or Dodo Bird, whatever you want. doesn't matter to me. Leave your Twitter handle, Instagram handle, whichever, with your comment. And if you win, not I will contact you and hook you up. Let's get into it. After Duke and Villanova. Punch tickets to the Final Four on Saturday. Two more teams did it Sunday. Both games were blowouts. Kansas was first, 75. I mean 7650 victory over Miami and then North Carolina. 6949 victory over St. Peter's. Rest in peace, Peacocks. Moment of silence. Moment of silence. They had a good run. Norlander, let's start with Kansas-Miami. What a wild game. Jim Laranaga's Hurricanes were actually up 35-29 at the half. Uh, then Kansas outscored them 47-15. to 47-15 in the final 20 minutes. They won the game by 26. It was the largest margin of victory in any Elite Eight game since 1992. Deadly, it makes sense of Kansas, what it did to Miami in the second half of today's regional final.
1: You're asking the wrong fellow, my man. Your boy flew Delta back across the country. No option to watch this game on the plane. None. I got about six minutes of worth of watching, waiting to get my bag at JFK. And by then, the game had been decided. I might have to lean on you for this one. I mean, I was following as best I could. I, you know, I was trying to track. But uh, the way that this game lined up uh, and then the Wi-Fi not being the greatest, unfortunately, on the flight. I I saw hardly any of it, to be honest. But I was like, "Ooh, are we actually going to have Larinaga join Coach K?" You know, a couple of seventy-year-olds going to the final point? Nah, not quite. Kansas got the job done there. Obviously, if you're watching on YouTube. You can see the stat box, stat box hey, broadcast. You, hey, hey, you, you. By the way, I feel like we haven't done this in a while. So I know it's, it's like
0: you. It's. I it feel like I feel like we've been cheating on each other. Like we decided to, you know open up our relationship a little bit sure. and, and, and i'd get together with david cobb and then you get together with david cobb and then i'd get together with strong jaw you might get together with strong jaw and but now we're back together to see if we can work through it and every single time
1: not just watching us from the corner that's what yeah. makes it
0: weird it's yeah. So, yeah. i mean yeah. a lot of it makes it weird there's a lot of stuff in there that makes it weird but that's part of it undeniably gotta be honest though uh
1: i was thinking about it last night when i was in san francisco i'm like thank god we did this because like it would have been impossible not impossible to podcast last night i missed like all just like the column writing and hq and all this stuff so thank you thank you for help you know picking up the slack obviously cobb and boone big time and then you know you got you got your casual night off too you know it's nice just to to break up but
0: yeah one
1: yeah oh okay i'm sorry that i had that i've been assigned the coach k farewell tour duty i it's yeah i i do very much feel like you in terms of uh, all the jet setting but we will be together in person at the final four if anyone listening is planning on going by the way there is a plan to do i think at least one of these like on an hq set plans to be determined but we will have plenty more podcasts uh, i hope i get to see Paris at least once in new orleans but we know how that also sometimes goes so we'll see so we'll see uh, kansas gets the win uh in going away fashion and how about remy martin so the one thing i can give you on this is i did look up what martin had done going into the tournament versus what he's done since so he was averaging 7.3 points and shooting 44 percent from the field obviously he was a bit player and that was something of a plot twist after what we thought he might be to a certain extent going into the season since remy martin's averaging 17 points shooting about 54 percent from the field he was named the Midwest regional most outstanding player. Ochi Abaji actually hasn't even had like an Ochi Abaji game through four games for Kansas, as far as I can tell. And uh, big time, big time doings there for, for KU to get the win. Also, like, you know, if you're a Kansas fan, you're down in the first half, we understand. Bill Self has, Bill Self actually has... I'm pretty sure I saw this. I think Bill Self still has a losing record in the Elite Eight.
0: Oh, it's not—it's not even close. Before today, he was three and seven in Elite yeah. Eight games, so now it's four and seven.
1: Exactly. So it, the point is, like Kansas fans, you've been in that spot before. You thought, "Oh my god, here we go again." Are you kidding me? We're going to lose to a ten seed. We're the only one left in this damn field. Didn't go that way. Complete uh, flip of the switch and. GP, that's about all I got. You were around and able to watch the whole game. What else did you see?
0: There's not much to talk about. I mean, Kansas opened the second half on a twenty-five to seven run over a 10-minute span and and then just, you know, pulled away. Ochabaji, uh you know, he, he did finish with 18, 5, and 4, five rebounds, 4 assists in this game, but he has not been great in the NCAA tournament. He This was his first, like, you know, good game. He was averaging 10.1 points per game in KU's first three games uh, through the bracket. David McCormack added 15.4 rebounds in this one. On the Miami side of things, Sam Wardenberg fouled out. Jordan Miller fouled out. Miami finished 3 of 21 from 3. Um, they ended up turning the ball over. 14 times, which might not sound like a lot to, you know, some fan bases, but uh, they only had seven turnovers in their first two NCAA tournament games. Like they really are great at taking care of the ball usually, but not so much uh, against Kansas. So Miami was, uh, like you said, up at the half, and I'm sure Kansas fans were concerned, but boy, the Jayhawks were just shot out of a cannon in that second half. And I don't know, I don't know what's crazier, like to score 47 points in 20 minutes against Miami or to hold Miami to 15 points in 20 minutes. I mean, but they did both in the same half. And so Bill Self is now in the Final Four for the fourth time in the past 14 NCAA tournaments. And he just continues to add to what is a remarkable resume. 59 years old. So he's still got, you know, a decade to coach if he wants to, maybe more. 59 years old. He has 20 conference regular season titles, ten. Conference tournament titles, four Final Fours, one national championship. And what's interesting, and I'm going to write a column about this a little later on tonight um, after we get done here. Um, there wasn't a single day in this season where Kansas was ranked number one in the country in the AP poll or the coaches poll. Not a single day in the country when they were number one at Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a single day where anybody stood up and said, you know what? I think Kansas is the best team in the country. People said it about Gonzaga. People said it about Duke. People said it about Baylor. People said it about Auburn. People started to say it about Kentucky, which won by a million at Allen Fieldhouse. I don't think there was ever a day where somebody stood up and said, I think Kansas is actually the best team in the country. And yet now here we are. And Kansas is the only number one seed left in the NCAA tournament. Kansas is the highest rated team at Ken Palm left in the NCAA tournament. And I haven't seen the updated odds, but based on everything I just told you, I would assume that Kansas is the favorite to win the 2022 NCAA tournament. But you're shaking your head now. First of all, Cinderella Jayhawks. Is that where you're going with this? Cinderella (laughs) Jayhawks? The Cinderella Jayhawks.
1: Now... I don't know if there I think it's still gonna be Duke. It was Duke going into Sunday. I would I would think that it will but you could be right. Let's Ken Palm right now. Right now, Kansas had a Duke. Yeah, you might be right.
0: I, I kind of feel like the Hey, 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 let's make this a rule. You can't correct me unless you know I'm wrong. <laughs> well, no. That actually, it's more fun if I try and correct you and then I am
1: wrong anyway. That's that's more entertaining. Do
0: you have the number? I'm trying to look it up now. Um, I feel
1: like because it's Duke, it's going to be the fate. Maybe they'll be co. Maybe they'll have the same number. Although, yeah, Carolina just finished recently. We might not have it. I'll say it's Duke. That's my guess.
0: I'll Put say it, the- I'll say it's Kansas because um, Kansas is going to play a Villanova team in the Final Four that is shorthanded, and Kansas is ranked highest. Among the final four teams at Ken Palm. If you're curious right now, it's number four Kansas, number eight Duke, number nine Villanova, number sixteen North Carolina. Put up the poll.
1: I want to see what the in the in the YouTube chat. Not a who should be now. Who you think who, who should? Because you're right. It will be a shorthanded Villanova team, but Villanova is also higher seeded and higher in the metrics than North Carolina. So I don't know. I don't know. Should it be Car- Should it be Duke or should it be Kansas? Either way, they'll be. Oh, let me let me stop. Here, here's
0: what I would say. I think it will be Kansas. I think it should be Duke. Okay.
1: I think it should be Duke. I think it will be Duke. Well, What do, what do I care at this point? But, yeah, KU moves along. Great job by Bill Self. You mentioned he's at his uh, his fourth Final Four overall. Um, Kansas now has made 16 Final Fours. I'll have some factoids on all the Final Four teams once we actually set the table on that. But uh great one by Miami and Jim Laranega getting to that program's first elite eight ever and Laranaga, you know, making, making it to the second weekend for the fourth time in his career. Um, You know, what more can you ask for? If you're a Miami fan, you know, just a wonderful job getting there. You had life through the first half. It didn't go your way. Uh, Blue blood wins out as was the case in every single regional final. Uh, And Oh, by the way, if you were wondering was, you know, was that an, uh, you know, aberrationally bad set of regional finals. Yeah. Shouts to Kevin Paga for this. He said at 60.6 points per game. This year's Elite Eight was the lowest scoring average since 1985. Uh, I think 85, they didn't have a shot clock, or if they did, it was 45 seconds. That year, it was 58.4 points per game on average for the four regional finals. This one, again, 60.6, the lowest since then. None of them were overly close. Um, you had a little bit of drama late in the second half with Duke and Arkansas. A little bit. Uh, And then you obviously had Miami give an intrigue through the first 20 minutes, but then it was a blowout. And then as we'll get to here, you know, unfortunately, St. Peter's clock struck midnight and it struck fast and with a fury.
0: The other thing that I think is interesting about Kansas, and I'm going to write about this later on. This will all be a part of the comp. It's a little bit if you're listening to the podcast or watching it on YouTube, um, like if you watch get back the Beatles documentary and you get to watch him sort of work through these songs is a little bit like what I'm doing right now. I'm basically being Paul McCartney right
1: now. Oh, is that what's happening right now. you just, I'm basically
0: at that base, buddy. Yeah. I'm basically Paul McCartney right now. I'm so just sort of working through it. And then you'll see the finished product and you'll go, oh, wow. I, I saw Parish, I saw Parrish work that out. I promise uh, not to be George and just walk out in the middle of this podcast <laughs> and disappear for 10 days. That's not going to happen. So this is not Bill Sales, and people have been saying this all year long. This is not his most talented team. And it's not his best team, but he still won a Big 12 title with it, Big 12 tournament title with it, still got a 1C with it. But if you go through the teams, he's obviously right now, he's got one national title. It came in 2008, Dozier for the championship. That team was obviously better than this team. That's the team that won the championship. But check this out. I went through it earlier today. 2010 team, probably also better than this team. Sharon Collins, Thomas Robinson, Morris Twins, Tyshawn Taylor, Xavier Henry, Cole Laudridge. That team got a one seed in the NCAA tournament and then got upset by Northern Highway in the round of 32. Um, The 2011 team, probably better than this team. It had Thomas Robinson, Morris Twins, Tyshawn Taylor, Josh Selby, Tyrell Reed, Brady Morningstar. Got a one seed, lost to VCU in the Elite Eight. 2014 team wasn't better according to the numbers. But like certainly more talented, Joel Embiid, Andrew Wiggins, Perry Ellis, Wayne Seldon, Frank Mason, Tariq Black. Embiid was hurt a lot, only played 20 games, was hurt in the NCAA tournament. They lost to Stanford in the round of 32. 2016 team, possibly better, had Perry Ellis, Frank Mason, Wayne Seldon, Devonte Graham, Landon Lucas, got a one seed in the NCAA tournament, lost to Villanova in the Elite Eight. And the 2020 team was definitely better. Definitely, Devon Dotson, Yudoka Asabuki, Ocha Abaji, Marcus Garrett, Isaiah Moss. The team finished number one at Ken Palm, but then the NCAA tournament was canceled because of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. Oh, by the way, Kansas, the last team to finish number one at Ken Palm besides Gonzaga. <laughs> Here's what I'm saying.
1: Okay.
0: Um. This really might not be this team Bill Self has right now. One of his five or even six best teams at Kansas. I think that's the case. But it could be the team that brings him his second national title because sometimes things just set up nicely for you. And this is one of those times. Let me walk you through it. And I know you know all this stuff, but still, it's interesting to hear it just sort of one after the other after the other. In the round of 32, Kansas got to play a Creighton team, down multiple starters. So they won that one. Then Sweet 16, they play a Providence team that was ranked outside of the top 30 at Kempom. Elite 8, they play a Miami team that was a double-digit seed and ranked outside of the top 40 at Kempom. And now in the Final Four, they're going to play a Villanova team that just lost its second-leading scorer, Justin Moore, to a torn Achilles Villanova uh, announced earlier today. So, listen, it doesn't guarantee anything. Villanova could still beat them, or they could still lose in the title game. But sometimes things just break your way. And that is so clearly the case for Kansas in this NCAA tournament. Now, you know, we'll get to see if the Jayhawks can take advantage of it.
1: You're absolutely right. Sometimes it just breaks your way. And that's uh, that's the case that's been here. Credit to Kansas for also getting through the way that it did. But it wound up just playing out the way that a lot of people said on Selection Sunday, which, hello, is already two weeks in our rear view. My goodness that was how, fast.
0: how about this when i was at the very beginning of this podcast and i'm like hey there like an idiot and uh i said it's march 27th and that like i was like it's march 27th that seems outrageous it is it's absolutely outrageous i i, I can't even believe i'm sitting
1: talking to you the way i am right now in connecticut i woke up i don't know whatever i did in san francisco
0: air travel it's an it's an amazing thing i love well, watching you get so stressed out I'm like, I was talking to one of our bosses like this. I'm like, Norlander is stressed out right now. And uh I, when? Like on the pod? No, no, no. Like, no, 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 no. Like you would like, it's just been a hard week for you. You know, you That's were you were in, you were in Greenville and then you come home and then two days later you're at the San Francisco, and then you had to come back home. And and I could tell you were getting overwhelmed. And I was like, I've been doing that for three months. Not, not the same. You it's, have, but still not the same. It's I mean war-
1: just between you know
0: hey on top of every on top of everything you're doing throw in studio nights till 1:30 a top 25 and one every morning and a radio show 5 days a week throw that in there
1: can't throw the paycheck in there though
0: anyway okay so um
1: so the elite eight that we just had here's a here's a letdown on it highest combined seeding 23 if you added up all the seeds obviously Peters was a big factor in that. And yet, despite that, we didn't have much chaos at all. No chaos, really. Uh, The top four teams wound up winning, which um, which is good for, you know, for the sport overall. But I was wondering if we were going to get usually we get at least one good, like real tight regional final just did not wind up happening there. And so I I watched the beginning of the St. Peters, North Carolina game in my lift ride home. I called my mother and I said, oh, I texted. I said, are you home? She said, yeah. So I I called her, FaceTimed. God bless her. Um, Her and my dad were watching. My dad had money on Carolina covering the spread. (laughs) So he was all too thrilled to see. I think it got out to a nine, nothing Carolina star. So I watched the first like six minutes of this game from uh, over FaceTime, uh, just watch it. Plus they wanted to say hi. So it was a way to, you know, two birds, one stone, that whole deal. But man, I could just uh, immediately was like, ah, is this really going to go this way? Make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete
2: details. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles,
0: The second Elite Eight game on Sunday, it was a blowout, basically from start to finish. Final score, North Carolina 69, St. Peter's 49. Um, finally, the Peacocks looked like a, a 15 seed. They shot 30% from the field, 25% from three, down 19 at the half, lost by 20. Like, I was pumped for that game. Like, listen, I was pumped for both of them. They're Elite Eight games. But if you told me, all right, you got to, you're really tired. You have to nap during, and you're going to have a late night, so you got to nap during one of them. You got to be you got to be healthy. You got to nap during one of them. Is taking a nap healthy? I'm not sure. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, you got to be healthy. You got to take a nap during one of them. Which one you want to take a nap in? I would have said Kansas, Miami. Um, I was more interested in like seeing if St. Peters could you know make this a game, leading into 60 minutes on America's most watched network, the network of stars, and the game was it felt over immediately. It felt over immediately. Are you surprised that it wasn't even competitive? I actually am
1: a little surprised. It wasn't competitive on the show with Cobb Friday. We both put, picked St. Peter's to win. Cause we were just, <laughs> we were drunk on that peacock, man. We were drunk on it. And I, and I went with it and I thought they were, I thought I was like, you know what? They've gotten to this point. No 15 ever gotten there. Carolina's is an eight seed. Oh, it's going to be the last Sunday game on CBS. Yeah. Why not? I, I did actually think it was going to be competitive. It, Unfortunately, this is the way that it normally goes with the Cinderella team traditionally in that second round game. Very few make it to a Sweet 16. So occasionally you'll get it in that Sweet 16 game. And then this was the first time really ever that you had a, a true small school Cinderella. Obviously, you no know, 15 had ever made it to a regional final. And it's just it's it's, you know, it's an obvious it's an obvious bummer, you know, Nothing you can do about it. I just wish it would have been more competitive. Carolina came out, came ready, was good to go, and played a wonderful game. And clearly, uh, quite eager, confident, and ready to uh, to get that rubber match against Duke in the in the national semifinals. But for St. Peter's, just you know, a few notes here. Um, one, it, it, we I mentioned this on the pod. I'm sure you did as well. But like you know, Shaheen Holloway's had the had had the Seton hall job for like weeks. So that has now actually been reported. Um, I think, you know, whatever that means it's, it's been done forever, but he's going to get the, 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 the Seton hall job and, and good on him. He absolutely deserves it. And he has helped author, you know, one of the greatest NCAA tournament runs and the, probably the greatest Cinderella run ever. If you, if you want to stop short and say, you know what, they'll make a final four with a Mason or Loyola Chicago. I'll buy that. That's, that's fine. But this is a 15 getting to an elite eight. Like when I was thinking about this game earlier in the day on the flight back, I, I thought, okay, Are we going 25 more years and not seeing this again? It's a 15, man. They've been seeding this thing with 64 teams since 85, and it took until 2022 to have our first 15 win three games. We might not see this again. We really might. I, no, I'd love to, I'd love it if we did, but there's no guarantee of that. So I was hoping because of that, we would at least get something that was fairly competitive and it just wasn't whatsoever. 69-49, um, St. Peter's did not shoot well whatsoever. It was 4-16 from three-point range, 4-14 from two-point range. It was just 0.75 points per possession overall. Again, Carolina, great job, but it was very – we've seen this script play out plenty of times before. And you know what, though? And I think you'll agree with me on this, Parrish doesn't really matter because, because they made the Elite Eight. They were St. Peter's. Everyone got to know what this school was about, where it was located. Eli Manning adopted this team. The damn New York Jets adopted this team. The country adopted this team. And this was a school that you couldn't, you know, 99.9% of sports fans couldn't have told you the St. Peter's mascot prior to two weeks ago, and 99% of fans couldn't have told you that St. Peter's was located in, in New Jersey. You know, So the fact that this school really tapped into so much of why we love this tournament, why, to me, the NCAA tournament is the greatest event in all of sports because it gives you a historic top three program ever like North Carolina playing on the same stage with little old St. Peter's, which ranks 192nd in all-time wins. You know, Carolina's top three in that category St. Peter's is one ninety two. If it had defeated North Carolina, St. Peter's would have been eight twenty seven and eight twenty seven as a program. And now it's eight twenty six and eight twenty eight. Just awesome stuff. Just awesome, man. Don't know when we'll get it again. We'll, we'll have Cinderella's. That's a, that's a a reliable feature. But to, a 15 to do this. When we look back. Three weeks from now, and specifically 5, 10, 15 years from now, we're not going to lament the fact that St. Peter's laid an egg in the regional final in Philly against North Carolina. We are going to remember that St. Peter's looked like bosses knocking out two-seed Kentucky in overtime on that first Thursday of the tournament. And then we're going to remember that it played a great game against a Murray State program that has helped kind of define and and really set the parameters for elite mid-major play really throughout the decades, if you really look at what Murray State is, but in in the context of this season was the winningest program heading into the tournament. And then it took out a Purdue team that the more I thought I thought about that since it happened, Paris is like, like Purdue fans got to be beside themselves. They got no business losing to con- losing to St. Peter's the way it did. Like Kentucky, I kind of the same, but like, all right, it happens. You know, we've seen 15s beat a two, but Purdue, the region broke for him perfectly. You got all this size. You got all this shooting. You got Jaden Ivy. You've got Williams and Edie who didn't play together. I'm not going to relitigate this because we did on the Friday pod, but it's still like it's even more baffling the further we get away from it that Purdue did not beat St. Peter's. But again, that's the awesomeness of this story. So is it a bummer here and the now that it wasn't close? Yeah, I would have liked it, but that ultimately will not matter. What will matter is the fact that it made it to the Elite Eight as a 15 seed, and that you know charm of the tournament will always continue to endure, and this has become one of the more memorable runs literally in the history of the event.
0: St. Peter's is a forever story it'll be one like anybody who listens to this podcast regularly knows that, um I'm not I'm not great at like remembering remember that thing that happened in 2006 Yeah, not really um I, I think St Peter's has made enough of an impact where I and uh, you know everybody who who cares or watches the sport at all will, will remember St Peter's um, them being the peacocks actually helps. You What know, if they were just the St. Peter's Tigers? It I, I agree with this. I agree. It, yes. it, it wouldn't be the same thing. They're the, they're the Peacocks. Like that That helps. Um Doug Edert helps. And so does his mustache. His mustache is a part of it. Um, their coach, everybody knew throughout this, was headed to Seton Hall. You know he'll be a Big East coach now. Everybody will always remember. Oh yeah, that's the guy that took St. Pe- that took the Peacocks to the Elite Eight, to beat Kentucky, to beat Purdue. Like, um, I'm not trying to catch you off guard. I'm just trying to prove a point, And you might actually be able to do this. Can you? Who was on that UMBC team that upset Virginia? Can you name a player?
1: Mm, not anymore. Right. No. Um, now? Live- mm.
0: Yeah. Okay. I don't. I can't think of. I can't think of one name. Last night. Uh, I made the point, like I can't even remember what their mascot is, and I think we settled on. Do you know it? The UMBC. Yeah. Yeah, the retrievers. We'll see other people. You think it's terriers? People last night were saying terriers. Yep. No,
1: it's retrievers. They're the doggies. Yeah. They're they're the they're the they're the they're the, the good good fetching doggies. Retrievers. Yes, oh, they are. The okay. retrievers. Well,
0: that's what I said first, and then all the comments were like, "No, they're the
1: they're no the UMBC terriers. is one hundred percent the retrievers. What I mean, mean? I can look, I'll look it up right now. But well, j- shame on the comments. I'm though. 100% confident that it's. I, because I, I have a breaking t shirt that says, Do you retrieve in miracles? Well,
0: come on. Well, the, well then yeah. we need to, we need to, we need to settle this once and for all. It is. I just looked it up. They're the retrievers. Jerry Lyles.
1: Well, come on. I got to know that. And yeah, KJ Mora. I shouldn't.
0: Then why did all these people last night try to tell me they were the Terriers? You were gaslighted, my man. I said retrievers and then. They said, no, it's Terriers. And I just, I was like, okay, then it's the Terriers. What do I know? I don't know. I feel betrayed by the comments. By the way, a lot of people, and uh, I see people say there's not enough smashing going on on YouTube. You are want- there more of us than there are of them or not? Maybe, maybe there's not. Maybe you guys, maybe I got a bunch of them in here. Maybe the whole YouTube audience is a bunch of them. Have we ever thought about that? Like they come on here and they want to watch the podcast and then there's a bunch of them. I thought there was more of us. And if there is more of us, then why is not there more smashing going on?
1: There's, there's, oh, there's some accusations saying that you said terriers from the get go, trying to rewrite history, trying to gaslight me
0: right now. That's not true. They're making things up now.
1: Oh, Okay. These things are literally archived and preserved in multiple formats. To I guess fact check this, I think I, these
0: people are making things up. Okay, they don't smash. They make things up. I don't know if this is the audience for me. They don't smash and they don't and they make things up.
1: Uh your I, your point on the peacocks is one hundred percent correct, though. The peacock it became a whole thing. Ben Cohen, wonderful journalist for the Wall Street Journal, even did a whole. Thing on the friggin' peacock emoji which like got created on a lark and it helped like you know it was the most tweeted emoji and all this kind of stuff so you're absolutely right the the moniker actually is a, is a big part of this as well and just thinking out loud here yes or no yes or no someone come find us in three seven ten years does shaheen holloway ever get seton hall to an elite eight he just did it with saint peter's well that's just hard i'm gonna say no Kevin Willard won one NCAA tournament game at Seton Hall. I mean, I'd love to be wrong, and Shaheen clearly is capable of doing it, but that's how these things go sometimes. He could have his the point I'm making is this. It's kind of like the Chris Mack deal, just a little bit. He is coming off what might actually be the high watermark of his career in terms of NCAA tournament prominence success. He could continue to keep Seton Hall in the tournament on a yearly basis. Could be awesome. But will he ever get back to this stage? Did he just complete his St. Peter's? Would love to be wrong, but it certainly is a possibility. That's all I'm saying.
0: Well, it is. It is absolutely possible that he never gets Seton Hall to where he just got St. Peter's. But I don't know that that would necessarily mean he's a bust at Seton Hall. It's just no, no, like no, 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 it's no, just not hard. at all. Not hey, at Kevin all. Willard just got the Maryland job from Seton Hall and never went to an Elite Eight or a Sweet Sixteen. I don't think.
1: Correct. He had one win in the tournament. That's it. At Seton Hall. Kevin How about Willard.
0: the guy who's replacing Kevin Willard at Seton Hall has two more NCAA tournament wins yeah,
1: and three the- times as many. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's absolutely wild there. Uh, let me
0: ask you this. Do you think Seton Hall fans are happy right? I mean, usually yeah. when you yes. lose your usually when you lose your coach to a bigger school, you're not happy. You're like, oh man, I can't believe that guy left. Are Seton Hall fans like, hey, well, this is great for us.
1: It's there, they're, they're absolutely I mean, he played there. Okay, he played there, just did what he did at St. Peter's. Willard, it's not like they're like, it's not like they're like, get the hell out of here, Kevin, or anything like that. Because Kevin, actually, if you really look at what he did over the course of his his, uh, tenure at Seton Hall, he was uh, fairly successful by Seton Hall traditional standards, except, you know, there wasn't a lot of tournament success. And we'll never have that 2020 to know. You know, Seton Hall could have been a Sweet 16 team in 2020. We'll never know, though. But... Yes, I think they are more satisfied with the situation they are about to officially inherit in the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours than had Willard still been there.
0: So let's talk about the team that actually won the Elite Eight game. Well, <laughs> we, listen, we got—I I, agree—but we also have all week. We had to at least, you know, put a bow on on St. Peter's. Of course, it's was, it was a wonderful deal. Of course, um, could not be happier for Huber Davis. I was thinking about this earlier for about three months now. We've been talking about how wild it is that Tommy Lloyd's going to go to the Final Four in his first year as a head coach. (laughs) Turns out it was actually Hubert Davis. Back up two months. Let's see if I can try to convince you. Dead leg. It's not going to be Tommy Lloyd going to the Final Four in his first year as a head coach. It's going to be Hubert Davis, idiot. How about that? And
1: this fact, they said it on the broadcast. Um, The only other coach to do this play in the final four and then coach the same school to the final four. I'm going to say this slowly. Dick harp, Dick harp, Dick harp. harp, Kansas kind of wild. Hubert Davis has done it and he's done it his first season. Here are the coaches that have taken uh,
0: teams to the final four. He's no Dick harp though. He's no Dick harp. That's right. Like, Hey, congratulations and all, but don't start comparing yourself to Dick harp. No, not at all. By the way, not, not Richard. Not Richard Harp. We're going Dick Harp.
1: That's his name. Final four coaches in their first year running a program.
0: Ah, you want a to trivia time this? Yeah. Final four coaches, first year running a program. How many? Uh,
1: we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, oh, nine. God. Davis is the tenth. How about what this? Ten? We got nine of them. Uh-huh. Just give can you give me three in six guesses? Yeah. One uh, dick maybe. Dick Harp. Dick Harp
0: did not do it in his first year. That's guess. Son of a! How did Dick Harp not do it? How did Dick Harp not do it? Who was Dick Harp up against? Two-year-old uh, Tony Hinkle. Uh... I bet two-year-old Tony Hinkle got him, probably in a round of thirty-two. Oh, man, he's up against Booty Drum. Bill Bill Guthridge is obviously one. That's easy. Bill Guthridge is one. Yes. Steve Fisher
1: excellent he's two you got three more guesses to get one more coach
0: made the final four first year as a head coach
1: i feel like one of them you should get because i've referenced this coach multiple times on the pod because of something i don't want to spoil it but yeah I've, I've mentioned this other coach for reasons similar to this on the pod this year
0: don't look at the chat i'm not even- I'm, I, I'm not i'm not um I, I want to say uh, it, it's not Jim Herrick is it
1: It's not Jim Herrick. That's uh two for four, two more guesses. Is it is it Roy Williams by
0: chance? It is not.
1: One last guess.
0: First year as a head coach. It's not first year at a school. It's the first year as a head coach. That's right. You sure it's not Dick Harp? Not Dick Harp. A couple big names on here. I guess I probably got to go at this point. Tony Hinkle. You lose. The list
1: is Larry Brown. Oh, God. Denny Crum, Louisville, 72. Bruce Drake in 39 at Oklahoma. Who doesn't know that? Good old Brucey Drake, right? Steve Fisher. Bully Gilstrap at Texas (laughs) back in 23. We can't get through five podcast episodes with bringing up old Bully Gilstrap. I can't believe you didn't get that one, my man. Bully Gilstrap? Bully Gilstrap. This man's name was Bully Gilstrap. We've got a Dick Harp and a Bully. You're not getting this anywhere else. I can't emphasize this enough. You're not getting Gilstrap and Dick Harp references anywhere else. You're welcome. Guthridge, the coach I was referring to, Bill Hodges, because he, along with Tommy Lloyd and Guthridge, are the only ones to get a one seed in their first season as a head coach. Gary Thompson at Wichita State in 65, and good old this. This coach's career always fascinates me. And in fact, he ties into another factoid with this year's Final Four. Ray Meyer at DePaul did it in 43, and Ray Meyer is now tied with Mike Shashevsky for the longest gaps between Final Four appearances, first and last. Both Shashevsky, he got there first in 86 and now we have it in 2022 so you've got uh that 36 year gap and now that's exactly what myers was when he went in 43 and then back uh into the 70s into the 80s with DePaul. so pretty cool pretty cool deal overall those are your first year coaches to make a final four hubert davis has done it it's it's damn incredible it was an awesome awesome moment on cbs uh when jamie erdahl was interviewing him and he was overcome with the motion players all around him this tournament is amazing it's incredible and the fact that less than a year you know, to the day, it's been less than a year since he was officially hired at UNC. He has taken this program to the Final Four. I, I don't care how he got there. You know, yes, yeah, sometimes you get there because the bracket can break your way. Whatever, I don't care. Carolina fans, you have yourself in a Final Four yet again, and you've done it in the first year under Hubert Davis. UNC has now made 21 trips the promised land to the biggest stage in the sport that's more than any other in history unc has 21 ucla has 18 kentucky has 17 duke and kansas tied this year with 16 appearances apiece they uh they stayed knotted but it is unc with the most all time and hubert davis has done it that's really really awesome and a big story and of course we know what awaits
0: on january 23rd north carolina was 12 and 6 with four losses by at least 17 points Lost to Tennessee by 17, Kentucky by 29, Miami by 28, Wake Forest by 22. After the Wake loss, Tar Heels dropped to 43rd at Ken Palm. And then on February 16th, lost to Pitt. Dropped to 49th, season-low 49th at Ken Palm. Since they lost to Wake, they're 16-3. and Since they lost to Pitt, they are 10-2. and And if you go back to... January 23rd, which is the day after the weight loss, I believe. If you go back to the day after the weight loss and run the data, did I ever tell you, I figured out at Bartorvik.com how to like pick dates and run data based on very specific dates. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Learn how to do. Mm -hmm. So um, next thing I'm going to learn how to do is how to properly put in a pocket square. But like, you know, anyways, one thing at a time. That's right. One thing at a time. So, if you run the data from the day after the wake loss to today, bartorvik.com has North Carolina as the 12th best team in the country. So, low seeded team, sure, um, because they did a lot of damage to their resume um, before they got rolling. But again, 16 and three since losing to Wake, 10 and two since losing to Pitt, and in the final four. And you're right, seeing Hubert have that moment. Uh, with Jamie in the post game, like he was almost at first trying to get her to talk to the players because I don't think he could talk.
1: Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he was, was overcome. It was an awesome moment. He that's exactly what was happening, Paris. Yeah,
0: because um, it feels a bit like a cliche because everybody says this about Hubert, but he's like genuinely a nice man, you know? That's why it got a little uncomfortable when. He was getting blown out game after game, and especially that Kentucky game in Las Vegas. CBS Sports Classic it looked like his team just—they weren't competitive. Like they didn't even—they didn't compete, and it was a really bad sign. Like we talked about this earlier today on a uh, bracket breakdown on CBS Sports Network. Um, it was perfectly reasonable to start wondering, like, did North Carolina get this right? I mean, you, you, we can all say it was too early, you know. But like when you inherit a program with. Armando Baycott and um Caleb Love and RJ Davis and the great legend Leaky Black um and you're preseason top you know 20 and then you're getting blown out by I mean it, it, not not by 14 point blowouts 29 yeah to Kentucky 28 to Miami 22 to Wake Forest. it's com- and you're a first year coach it's p- completely reasonable to go oh uh, man I didn't mind The idea of this when they did it but what do we think about it now completely reasonable to have questions and to see that man go from that to this is just awesome awesome stuff and um yes he was overcome by emotion um and he has consistently said uh what he said today like after every good thing that's happened to that team in this you know impressive run over the past however many weeks, like, I'm happy for them. I'm happy they get to experience this. I'm happy, like, I've done all this stuff. I'm happy they get to do this stuff. You come to North Carolina and you assume assume this is going to be your life. And after last season, their coach retires. And this season did not get off to the greatest of starts. But, um, you know, all's well that ends well, so they say. And now Carolina's in the Final Four.
1: In the Final Four for a ninth straight decade. Carolina made it in 46 then again in 57 made it three times in the 60s twice in the 70s twice in the 80s the 90s well that was the big time five times there four in the 2000s twice in the 2010s and now obviously in the 2020s uh no other program has ever done that before also Hubert going uh, you know obviously we'll get deeper into the Carolina Duke game specifically on popular in the week we'll we'll touch on it in a second here overall but um I I kind of love that you know Coach K's on the last train out, and Huber's just getting to the station. You know, his first season, he's in a Final Four. K's last season, he's also going to a Final Four. Carolina, Kentucky, and Kansas, the last time they were all in the Final Four together was 91. And uh, and it would have been Duke versus Carolina in the title game had Carolina not been knocked out by Kansas, coached by Roy Williams that year in 91. so a lot of uh, a lot of cool numbers coincidences factoids if you will across the board with this kind of stuff overall here are the i tweeted out this this number just in terms of this the selling points of this final four there are so many right duke carolina on its own is just you know you could you could fuel the sun for another six billion years with that but um kansas is your all-time leader in conference championships 63. it's got You know, three national titles, 16 final fours. It's number one on the all-time wins list. It actually just passed Kentucky this weekend. They're neck and neck and Kentucky being out of the tournament. Kansas has just nudged past them. And what will be a race uh, to attorney for all-time wins, I would think. Um, Carolina and Duke are actually not that far off the the pace as well. Uh, And then shouts to Temple, which is fifth on that, by the way, which is always an amazing stat. Temple is top five in all-time wins. We love the Owls. But anyway, so that's all the Kansas selling points. Carolina you know 21 final fours more than anyone uh more NCAA tournament wins than any other program it's at 130 now i believe it was uh 130 or 131 you know it's it's carolina it's it's it the selling points are, are quite obvious there mike Krzyzewski, he's here for the 13th time that's more than any other head coach ever um duke is you know the preeminent program uh in the country you know this is its 16th final four five national titles um what, what more do you want? And then Nova, it's not as historically great as us, but I maintain that Villanova is a blue blood program at this point. It's, you know, it's, it's gotten back to a final four. This is uh what it's, it's seventh final four, three national titles. It's got two since 2016. It has more tournament wins at 20 since 2016 than any other program there. And, you know, it's just, uh it's I, maybe if, if you subbed out Nova and put Kentucky in, I get it. If you even subbed out Nova and you put in, a Louisville or an Indiana, but, you know, or a Yukon, but that's about it. You know, the, the list of schools that you can put into a final four that have such incredible prestige historically recently, you know, in a contemporary sense, parish. um, It's really, really awesome. I've gotten, I like, I sent out that factoid with that tweet with all those factoids. And, you know, people, Twitter's just weird, man. Like, if you're one of these weirdos that is like, I can't stand these schools, I won't be watching. You're lying or get a life or get over yourself. Uh, You know, I listen, I would have loved to have covered Duke versus St. Peter's. That would have been phenomenal. I would have embraced that entirely. Give it to me. Can you imagine? But Duke Carolina is unbelievable. And Kansas Villanova on the other side. And Nova won't have Justin Moore, so that's going to debilitate them to a certain extent. But this is, come on now. Come on now. This is awesome. In fact, you can make the argument that the tournament played out just about as perfectly as you know, the people that are invested in these things could want it to turn out. I know Nada was outright rooting for this scenario, but what I'm getting at is you had outright chaos, tons of overtime games. We still haven't had a buzzer beater. That's what this tournament is missing. We haven't had like a, a true buzzer beater at all to this point. But amid all that noise in the first two weeks, you even got St. Peter's into the final game of Sunday, of regional final Sunday. You get all of that, but... When the dust settles, you look around, and in that corner, you got the Villanova Wildcats, and in that corner, you got the Kansas Jayhawks, and in that corner, you got the Duke Blue Devils, and holy hell, in that corner, you got the North Carolina Tar Heels going to play their blood rival for the first time ever in the tournament. 258th meeting will be for the first time on this stage as Mike Krzyzewski and his retirement hangs in the balance after Carolina knocked the crap out of that team to end the regular season, stakes are phenomenal. If you want to say this is the most enticing or why appealing final four from a matchup and school perspective going into a final four ever, I think you have a pretty
0: pretty good case. To circle back to your initial point, Twitter sucks and most of the people on Twitter suck. It's a miserable place. It's a, it's an app like filled with miserable people. Like, I used to enjoy it. If you notice now, I don't tweet nearly as much as I used to, say, five years ago. I just don't enjoy it anymore. People are just awful. Um, Like I tweeted earlier, the Final Four is set. Um, uh, It's four Blue Blood programs, three Hall of Fame coaches, and the schools that have won seven of the past 13 national championships. Seven of the past 13 national championships. Hard to do better. And immediately, it's like, this Final Four sucks. I won't watch it. Like, what kind of person even replies to that? Like, if somebody if somebody tweeted, um, the final four of the Stanley Cup Finals are set. It's Edmonton and the Predators against. I'm struggling here. Well, the you're pick, saying the, you're saying the finals, so that's two
1: teams. You're trying to squeeze. People don't realize actually at the NHL level, you need four teams in a Stanley Cup final.
0: People don't realize that the final four of the hockey playoffs, whatever they call it. This, this the Stanley Cup, okay. The playoffs, and then the Stanley. So Cup. it's Edmonton against Nashville. I don't even know if this could work. Just play along; you'll get the yeah, point. You, and then it's uh uh, pits the, the the Penguins against the Blackhawks, and it's the four most prestigious franchises in the NHL. Hard to do better. Like <laughs> hockey Twitter went, is coming for your ass, man. I just That's wouldn't a, even respond. If the I color didn't color. like if I didn't think so I just wouldn't even respond I just keep it scrolling you know I don't even like what what makes a person want to jump on there and go I won't even watch this final four <laughs> like what makes you do that right. Like have, have, you, have you you ever stopped tweeting and just looked at yourself for a second and been like what makes me just want to shit on everything yeah. <laughs> like what makes me miserable like that I mean just, people are awful yeah, I, yeah. I I I just can't stand them I don't underst- I don't understand them like, I, I don't spend any time commenting on things that I don't care about. Like, it's, if I see somebody on Facebook or Twitter or anywhere else be like, um, oh, my God, um, America's Got Talent was amazing tonight. It has never occurred to me that I just jump on there and go, I've never watched it. Seems <sighs> like it would suck to me. Like, I would never. Like, why do people do that? Who cares? If, like, some guy was like, in my opinion, this Final Four is boring. I'm like, who cares about your opinion? Just shut up. Nobody cares what you think. You what you wanna here's what here's what'll show you the te- the the, the uh, people care about this final four and it's gonna be awesome is the television ratings will reflect that. Now it'll be on TBS instead right. of instead if of it was by the way, if it was CBS right. It would be out of here the, with that the, no,
1: Carolina game. It'd be insane. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's on TBS and, and this is just a fact. Um, more people have access to America's Most Watched Network, like 30 million more people. It's America's Most Watched Network. It's the network of stars. And it has about about an audience, potential audience of about 30 million more people than TBS. So the numbers won't be what they would be if it were on CBS. But when you compare this to other TBS Final Fours, what you're going to find is that this one does really, really well. I do want to walk you through the start times and the point spreads. We're going to do that in a second. Really late getting to this. I apologize, Nada. But first, a word from our sponsors. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
2: I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So here's
0: how we're going to do it on Saturday. 6.09 p.m. Eastern, Kansas against Villanova. It'll be followed at approximately 8.49 p.m. Eastern. By Duke, North Carolina. Like, once Duke won on Saturday, that was set. It didn't matter if it was Duke-St. Peter's, Duke-North Carolina. Duke was going to be in the nightcap. Coach K, I saw some people complaining. You're not going to believe this. I saw some people complaining on Twitter. Um, And they were like, of course Kansas has to play the early game. Well, <laughs> well, yes. It's not because of conspiracy against Kansas. Hey, that
1: was a wrap the second <laughs> that Duke won.
0: Right. Is that some conspiracy against uh, Kansas? It's it's that it's Coach K's final season, and it's the Duke Blue Devils. They could be playing St. Peter's or North Carolina. It wasn't going to matter. Duke was always going to play the late game. In fact, CBS and TBS and T- Turner announced it even before the North Carolina St. Peter's game was over. It was just like, hey, here's what we're looking at. Kansas-Villanova yeah. first, and then Duke- I think it was before that game first. tipped. It might have been. I think it was middle Miami-Kansas. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so it, listen, Duke was going to be in the nightcap. There's just no getting around that. And the opening lines are Kansas minus four and a half over Villanova, Duke minus four against North Carolina. So, um, you know, if things go as they're projected to go, the national title game should be Duke- Against Kansas, Mike Shishetsky against Bill Self, you know, two of the biggest brands in the sport. Kansas now the all-time winningest Division One men's basketball in the sport, and obviously the storyline going in is going to be everything. Like if if you were offended, Kansas got the early game. Oh boy, you ain't gonna like the rest of this week because it's the focus is going to be largely on Duke, Carolina, but um, the big development from the weekend that will actually impact mm-hmm. what happens. Saturday is Justin Moore at Villanova in the elite eight in the final minute of the game against Houston, uh, ruptured his Achilles, Villanova uh, confirmed today. And I think we all knew that, Uh, you know, if you watch it, it looked like every other Achilles injury we've ever seen. And then afterward, Jay Wright, I don't know if somebody asked him if something was broken or if he just volunteered, nothing is broken, but he said Um, There's no broken bones, but it's not good. And obviously your Achilles is not a bone. So it it was never going to be a broken bone. It was always going to be a ruptured Achilles and it's confirmed. And um, it was just a sad scene because, um, you know, you dream about that moment all season, even before the season, like, man, we're going to go, if we go to the final four, what's it going to be like cutting those nets on our way to the final four. And then your second leading score ruptures his Achilles in the final minute. And you have to contrast the scene of like joy with tears because it's like really like he's on the sideline devastated. He knows, like players know when that happens to them. It, yeah. yeah, and he knew that that was that. And sometimes you see a, a guy get injured in the first half, and he's got a little time to, you know, comprehend what happened, come to terms with it, uh, still upset, but like it's not you're not in shock anymore there's a little this happened at the very end of the game so as they're celebrating cutting nets you're still like he's hurting his teammates are hurting for him and you know now they got to go play you know kansas without their second leading score count villanova out um at your own risk but obviously ku is favored for a reason and you know it's it's going to be hard to beat that team shorthanded. and obviously it's not impossible but it's more difficult now than it otherwise would have been
1: in the business we call this a pyrrhic a pyrrhic victory that is a a victory come but at the cost of something significant and obviously losing justin moore is a significant loss for villanova Uh, averages 15 points 4.8 boards two point three assists a game and it's not that villanova can't beat kansas it can and we'll get into more like i'm not I don't even know who I'm picking to win either of these games, let alone against the spread. I don't have that yet. But GP did toss out the lines. If you're curious, those have already obviously been posted, and we'll get into that more later this week. But yes, no Justin Moore is highly significant. That being said, I'll be honest. The four teams that are in this Final Four, the one program that is best suited to overcome this is actually Villanova. Not to say that it will, but I'm just telling you, Villanova's the one program that I can actually see being like, yeah, and then they still won the whole thing anyway. They didn't have their second-best player, and they still won the national championship. So we'll see on all of that. Um, as it so happens, none of these teams have depth. I mean, UNC has its iron five. Duke plays six or seven. Uh, Kansas isn't deep whatsoever. And then Villanova is now down to uh, literally a five-man rotation. I mean, I guess Brian Antoine will get a little more burn here, but Kansas is right. playing six. It was playing six, too. Caleb Daniels was coming off the bench. Now he'll start. That's what we got there. So... Um, yeah, you know, I guess you know Villanova is somewhat built to handle this somewhat, but he's a, he's a he's a he is a key loss, and that will certainly be something to uh, to keep an eye on. Um, that'll be that that game will be interesting in terms of, and again, we'll get more into the game later and we Got all, we got all week to talk about this, but I'm waiting for Ochai Abaji to show up and be dominant, which leads me to this. As a reminder to you, Paris, you probably are on, maybe you did it already. I have not, but um, tomorrow morning, our Our All-America and Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Freshman Year ballots are due uh, to our bosses at CBS. As always, we will vote. The Elite Eight's done. The Final Four uh, has not been played, and this is when we vote. Um, We take the sum of the tournament, not all the tournament, into account, plus the regular season, and you know, uh, Abaji to me did not like. Necessarily leapfrog himself into the first spot for National Player of the Year. He will be a first-team All-American. For I, I would be stunned if he's not a CBS Sports first-team All-American because I'm going to have him on there, and there's no case against him at this point, as far as I'm concerned. His team's in the Final Four, but um, you know, had he been amazing the past four games, like he maybe would have had a case against the likes of Oscar Sheebway, Johnny Davis, Keegan Murray, and the like. But I don't know if he's if he's done that. Uh, I, I'm gonna really actually have to look over this heavy tonight and figure out who to put first, second, third team, and who to uh, who to put in order for player of the year. But in that game in particular, I, I do I do wonder if Abaji on that big stage against Villanova, if he winds up being the dude or not. That'll be one of the bigger storylines for me, at least in that game, if not the whole weekend.
0: On um, you know, when it comes to our All America teams, I don't really think this NCAA tournament changed much because um, most of the player of the year candidates. Got knocked out early. Oscar mm-hmm. Keegan, Johnny Davis, um, Ochai advanced, but didn't really play well. Now he did have 18 in this Elite Eight game, um, but he only was averaging 10 points per, per game in the previous three NCAA tournament games. So I, I'm I'm assuming whatever my All America team would have been before this tournament started, that'll that'll be what it will be when I put it together tomorrow morning um oscar shibway will be my player of the year all three teams all three teams oh god i don't know i haven't thought yeah. about it before. i'm just
1: saying like there's yeah. there's some love for baycott right now like third team there might be something yeah. i don't know if have Baycott on the list or not but that's a, a great example of like he eh, i don't think he's on it at the end of the regular season but now yes he'll be under strong consideration yeah
0: that's fair um i, I was talking specifically about the first team but like sure we'll, we'll look at it and baycott has obviously uh, done well for himself in the sensitive tournament the one thing i said last night and then we'll get out of here is that i think coming into the incident tournament my coach of the year would have been either tommy lloyd or ed cooley or scott drew i think when i turn in my ballot on monday in fact i know it's going to be kelvin sampson okay. Kel- kelvin sampson will be my national coach of the year um he finished higher in the ap poll than he started finished higher at Ken Palm Then he started and did this despite losing. You you might not have heard this before, but follow me. Two of his top four players, including his leading score before Christmas. And you could say, yeah, but it was just the American. Yeah, he just won the American in the American tournament. So what? But then he beat a Big Ten champion to go to the Sweet 16 and then beat Mm -hmm. a Pac-12 champion to go to the Elite Eight. Lose two of your top four in December, still win your league, league win your league title, go to the Elite Eight, beat a, a, a Big Ten champ and a Pac 12 champ. You're my National Coach of the Year.
1: I haven't decided. He'll be in there. Um, Cooley, Tommy Lloyd will also be in there. Uh, Scott Drew deserves to be in there. Hubert Davis beat Scott Drew, got to the Final Four now. There's uh, actually, I don't know if I can remember a more crowded race for National Coach of the Year. So it will be, I. It'll be intriguing to see who wins it uh, at cbssports.com. If you're curious, our, our votes are due Monday. And then I believe we run this the Thursday of the Final Four. So I would think that that's going to go out. Or we do it on two different days. So we'll, the the uh, coach of the year, freshman of the year, player of the year, that'll be one day. And then our All-American teams, first, second, third, will be another day altogether. As we wrap, uh, two things. One, I fly to New Orleans Wednesday. When do you fly?
0: I'm not flying. I'm driving. Oh, nice! I'm gonna say five. I'm gonna say that's five for you. It's right at five for my house, and um, this is this is wild. I don't know why this is there. Are, I don't believe there's certainly no Delta, and I don't believe there's any direct flights from Memphis to New Orleans. So, like, what am I gonna do? <laughs> Memphis to Atlanta, Atlanta to New Orleans. like huh. I could door to door, like get in your car and then get out of your car when you're at the hotel. It's quicker to just drive than. Uh, than flies i'm gonna wake up on thursday morning and we have a production meeting at like you know middle of the afternoon and i'm just gonna right. wrap Thursday. i'm gonna drop thursday morning
1: and I'll, like it's a little bit of a drive but dude i take that every time because you, you like when you like the next day uh, the tuesday after the title game yep you're on your own damn time frame you're not worried about getting to the airport crunch that's huge man that's a, a big win for you this no season.
0: yeah but 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 can we go ahead and make a deal what's the deal if quinn texts. <laughs> And she's trying to do that that eight Eastern I mean, I'm, flying, I'm flying out. I don't know what you want for. I'm, I'm a Tuesday flight out of there, buddy. No, well then, no. no. That is no way. I, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing the the because it'll be seven a.m. Central.
1: I have on to Tuesday
0: morning. You're gonna have to pod. I gotta write the title game column. Got to do all
1: that. You got the t- you got the top twenty-five and one. You're gonna have that thing in the can by Saturday night. So stressed me, out about the top be so twenty-five one. Clear of that, all right. Um, I'm okay. I just wanted to give our audience a heads up because I don't even. We can't podcast Wednesday. I'm going to be traveling. I'll be leaving and doing stuff in that morning, so we can either do our next pod from New Orleans, which will be tricky because then you leave Thursday, or we got to do one like Sunday night. Or, or I mean, sorry, it is Sunday night. It's Sunday. Hello,
3: Tuesday night. So I don't know.
1: You want to decide right now in real time, Not You want to get in here?
3: I, I, I was about to say, uh, you forgot. I will. I will be joining you guys. I am oh, flying yeah. at Wednesday at uh, Wednesday at eleven, so oh, it's going to be Tuesday oh, yeah. night. Are you so, good with that, GP? I
0: can do Tuesday night. Sure. we'll, we'll talk about whatever we got to talk about. Now, there, I don't. Not late Tuesday night. I'm talking right. Tuesday night, like shortly after radio show's over.
1: Shortly after radio show's over. So I'm talking
0: well, Tuesday night, 630 Central. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. 630
1: Central. That's perfect. Yeah. So 730 Eastern, 630 Central, Tuesday night pod. And then once we are on the ground in New Orleans, first of all, Nada's gonna be there. Incredible. And again, there will we will have plenty of podcasts for you, but I don't know the rotation. I, I know a couple of them I think are supposed to be quote unquote live. But I don't know how that's gonna, like, you know, I think it's gonna be from like the CBS Sports HQ set. And so I don't know if, like, if you wanna come say hi, Parrish loves that, please do. But I don't know when those are happening.
0: I so. actually do like, they, they'll, they'll make it out like I don't like to meet people. I wasn't. I do. I love meeting people. That's what I was saying. You do. I was saying you do.
1: Absolutely. Can't so, wait to meet people. Abso, yeah. Apps abso, are freaking lootly. Uh, My problem
0: is I don't like the people that I know. I love meeting new people, it's the people I know that bother me. <laughs> New people, they got a fresh start with me.
1: That's true. They got, Well, yeah, but a lot of those people are also the people on Twitter that you hate. So how do you reconcile that?
0: It's a tough situation. Okay, last I, thing. It's a conundrum.
1: Last thing, this is completely off topic. I did not this dude, until 3 hours ago, I had no idea the Oscars were tonight. It was a terrible movie year for me. No idea. Had zero idea. Just saw some stuff about the
0: Oscars. It's never, they're never this late. What's that about? Dude, I, so, is this bad or good? It's neither. It doesn't matter. (laughs) That's the answer. I haven't seen one movie nominated for Best Picture. Not one.
1: Let me look at this list right now. Let me look at this list. I haven't even, uh, Oscar, Best Picture nominees. Here we go. All right, let's see what the list here is. Um, They are, Don't Look Up, No Shot. Nightmare Alley. Never heard of it. Belfast. Get out of my life. King Richard. I've heard of. Uh, I was I tried to sleep on the plane today. If not, I might have given that a go. Coda. I'm out to lunch on that. Dune. I I did not watch, but I'm mildly intrigued by. But I have not seen Dune. Licorice Pizza. I'll watch that at some point. I have enough people whose opinions on movies I respect that like that. West Side Story. Not involved. Uh, Drive My Car. I like the Beatles song and then the power of the dog. I have not heard of this, but it's got Cumberbatch.
0: So yeah, I'm over as well. I started power. of The dog started Coda and started King Richard fell asleep within 10 minutes of every one of them. Not because they stunk just because I only start things when I'm like, I'm going to lay down and just try to watch a movie and I immediately fall asleep. Yeah. By the time I put my head on a pillow, I always fall asleep within five minutes. I don't, I don't, I need to get in this habit in the off season when my norm my schedule is more normal. Like I want to be somebody who says, you know what, I'm just going to go lay down. It's time to go to bed, and then just lay there for a little while, flip the channels, and then go to sleep. I want I'm not. I just. Have, I haven't done that in a long time. I work or do other things until when I put my head on the pillow, I'm out almost immediately. Got to work on that. I think. Yeah.
3: Yeah, you do. That's not good. a. Who are we giving a Paramount Plus card oh, to? Yeah. There we
1: go. We got.
3: That. Yes, uh, we are giving it to Myron Goodman, longtime listener of this of this podcast. He has one, thanks to the randomizer that we use. So, and also one. <laughs> T- other tell me randomizer? more about. Tell
0: me, Tell me more about the randomizer. What's Look, the randomizer? I have a
3: nice little randomizer that again it's in another browser. Everyone that types in hashtag more of us or whichever hashtag I choose, I throw it in there. I do it twice to make sure that first person that gets two. They win that way. It's fair. That that way, it's that's fair. I try to do it yeah. fair.
0: I just that's always true. assume you just pick, pick somebody. Oh no!
3: No 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 no. That's no, what I would. Do. I don't want. Yeah, I, I, don't I just want figure everybody. you're just like, hey, you know that. No, I, I can't. Do that. yeah. I, that's that's just mean. I want to at I'm least be fair. Yeah. I'm also, not trying,
0: I'm not trying to be fair.
3: One other thing. <sighs> yes. The, the college basketball hipsters on Twitter—they're like the IPA nerd that we all know and loathe. Those that hate this Final Four, you are the scourge of the air, earth, and I hate each and every one of you. Enjoy this. Yeah, I, to, I, you're trying to one-up your disdain
0: right now, GP. Yeah, like, first off, I don't even understand how you could look at that Final Four and go, oh, this is going to suck. Like, it's, it's four awesome programs with three Hall of Fame coaches. It's the programs that have been at the tip-top of the sport, more or less, for the past, you know, decade and a half. Like, what is not awesome about that? And then, like, even, but but, I, I leave open the possibility that maybe you just, you in particular, are like, I don't really care about this. Like, if just there's somebody out there. I also understand what makes you want to comment on it that way. I don't get it. When everybody else is like, ooh, this is going to be awesome. What makes you? This would be my challenge to everybody out there. If you're one of those people, at some point over the next couple of days, do some soul searching. Do some soul searching. And try to go, Okay. I heard about this Final Four. Everybody was excited about it, it looked like. But then I wanted to tell them how much I think it's going to suck. What makes you do that? What makes you want to do that? Let's try to figure that out. And then let's try to work on it. Is that fair,
1: Deadleg? It's fair. Let's get out of here, shout them. And you got to shout the two classic coaches in this episode. Who are they? Dick Harp. That's right, Dick Harp and? Slim Wood Guthrie. Bully Gilstrap. Bully Gilstrap. Texas 43. Bully Gilstrap. Son of a... He was kicking, Shut... uh, what's, hold on, what's the What's the Baylor coach's name? He was kicking his butt in 50. Classic Ooh. Baylor. The Baylor coach. Bill Henderson. Henderson. There we go. Holy crap. Have we gone the whole season without shouting out Bill Henderson? We, we might have. We might have. So I, just have I
0: haven't thought go. about Bill Henderson in so long.
1: Yeah. Bill Henderson, Bully Gilstrap. They don't make them like they used to. They don't make them like they used to.
0: Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Robert Thornton, 6'3", legend. Averaged 2.6 points, 22 games for Baylor, 1998-99 season. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you, guys, once again for listening. I own College Basketball Podcast, middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. Five stars at both places and we need nice words at apple podcast why here's why keep it simple because there's more of us than there are of them there is there is more us. they're not gonna make me feel bad they not try to make me feel like i'm in the minority here i know what's up you're not gonna trick me there's more of us than there are of them if you're not subscribed to the youtube channel go f yourself you should have done that by now seriously been talking about it for a long time let's go if you're still here and you haven't smashed the like button also double bird to you you've had an hour that's awful participation we're gonna talk to you again on tuesday night till then take care